0: All right, welcome everybody to the second episode of Recovery Revolution live. and I am so excited for today's guest. He is my good buddy and uh, Frederick Chagog, and he is here joining us from Philly. so let me put him on the screen and welcome Freddie.
1: Hello, uh, first and foremost, um, grateful to be here. I'm grateful for another day. grateful for another day sober. It is good to see you, my brother. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm always grateful to be here. Uh,
0: thank you so much. Oh, you jumped off the screen. Where'd you go? Oh, I was giving you a little solo second so you could uh, like, introduce yourself and I could put oh, your yeah. name on the screen and everybody could kind of get to know you a little bit.
1: Oh, bless you, bless you, bless you. Forgive me. I haven't done of these in a while. No, oh, I, I'm... I'm thankful to be here. My name is Frederick Sagog. I don't get called Frederick when I don't take out the trash for my wife, but my name is Freddie. Um, I'm blessed to be the founder and CEO of The Message LLC, which is a motivational speaking company that travels the country. And I keynote national events. I speak at high schools and colleges on mental health and substance abuse. I am a person in long-term recovery. I've been sober now by God's grace for five years. I had the pleasure of meeting this wonderful brother on Instagram. Um, I suggest everybody follow his work. He is a... In, in, in sports, we call it a change agent. Um, transcend. I can't even say a word, but bottom line is he's making humanity better. Uh, the work you're doing is incredible. I'm thankful to be a part of the movement. I appreciate you and I applaud you for your efforts and looking forward to tonight. So
0: thanks for having me. I, I appreciate it, man. Thank you for being willing to come on tonight and and share with us and I've heard your story and, and hopefully a few people on here have also heard your story, but the, if they haven't, you know, they're in the right place because Freddie has an absolutely incredible story and I don't really want to take away from it. I want you to hear it straight from him, but man, Freddie is an incredible, incredible human being, an example of what getting sober can do in your life and just how incredible of a life change you can have. Like if you guys want to talk about like a rags to riches or like a, uh, like the underdog, like, Freddie has the story, man. Like he, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still blown away by it, and I've heard the story, and I'm just like, man, it is incredible what recovery can do and what, what, what we can achieve. And I'm just, I'm gonna stop talking and let you share man. your story, man. Uh, no
1: doubt, <laughs> bless you. So, um, yeah, um, uh, you know, it's funny, right? Like, anytime I'm ever asked to share my story, I always take a minute because. It's just hard to imagine, like, how all this has happened. Um, you know, I'm a miracle. You know, make no mistake about it. True knucklehead. You know what I mean? Like, my first psych unit, I was 12. Been in 15 psych units, 35 treatment centers, right? Like, I am not a first-time winner, okay? I, I am not the person who walked in and said, oh, I have a problem and I need help. And I'm like, no, that's not what happened. Here's the bottom line. Almost five years ago, no, over five years ago now, I was homeless, dumpster diving, panhandling, begging for change. That's what it was, right? Like, I remember the lady from Dunkin' Donuts putting the donuts on top of the dumpster and eating them and thinking they weren't that bad. Like, I remember that, right? And like, the bottom line is the reason I ended up in that situation is because I refused to do the necessary things that they told me which can make your life better and which can enhance you in order to defeat this illness. Mm -hmm. But before I even get into that, I need to go back. Right. So I was lucky as a child. I, I got blessed. I grew up with a mother that got sober when I was in third grade. She went to treatment once for five days. And by God's grace, she just celebrated 27 years. She's never relapsed. On top of that, she worked in treatment. So like and I would, and I grew up. One of them parents were like, "She made me go to the rooms at AA and NA." Like, what do I mean by that? I mean, like, she was sending me to school in AA and NA shirts. Like, I would have start to live shirts on my thing. And I remember the principal calling home, like, "Joyce, you can't be sending Freddie to school like this." Like, <laughs> I grew up going to the rooms of recovery, like that. That, like, like I remember being in my first meeting, like fifth, sixth grade, and like some of the meetings would allow me to like read out the book with them, and you know, it'd be we'd be in class, and on Friday nights they'd be like. Oh, Freddie, what are you doing? We're going to hang out. I'm like, I'm oh, going to my mom's home group. Like, that's how it was. Like, I grew up in the rooms. I was in Alateen. I was in all that. Uh, and then my mom worked in treatment, so like, you know, kids would come to my house, and they'd be like, you know, let's play Sega Man. I'm like, all right, you want to listen to an AA speaker? And they look at me like, what? Like, like that's how I literally grew up. Like, my mom used to, <laughs> God bless her, I love her to death. But you know, my mom's an addict, so like, there was plenty of nights where she read me the AA book to go to sleep like for real, like that's how I grew up. So the, the blessing of growing up, like this it took me a long time. You get years beyond your wisdom when you grow up like that. And it also helped me when I got older, when I came into these rooms, I knew how to move because I knew what was acceptable and what wasn't. All right. So fast forward. Um, everybody always asks me, would you go to treatment for? Here's the answer more. Okay. The bottom line is, how I know that drugs and alcohol have nothing to do with the disease of uh, addiction and substance abuse is that my first thing I ever got high off of, I was nine years old and I was getting high off my asthma and hate. Yup. So, so like, look, right. When God made me, I'm a Christian. That's my personal belief. When God made me, he uh made me so I'm allergic to everything. Like, unless it's concrete, I'm allergic to it. Right. Like even my wife says like, she can't make me nothing. I'm like picky. Either. Like I, I'm allergic to everything. You know what I'm saying? I can't take moxicillin, penicillin, none of that. All right. So I'm a kid. Right. And like, I got allergies, asthma. And back then my mom had good insurance. So they gave me Ventolin and and it's a steroid. And the first time I took it, I shook the thing up and I hit it and I was like, whoo, And it felt like that first hit of crap. I ain't gonna lie to you. Listen, the, the endorphins that went off in my head, I was like, yo, as soon as my mom left the room, I knew I was getting high at mm. nine, mm. at nine years old. So my mom leaves the room, I'm getting high off my asthma inhalers. I got friends coming up in my crib. I'm like, yo, you got to try this stuff. We shaking it up, hitting it. Boom, 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 boom. Nine years old, I'm running around crib. Now, nah, you're supposed to have Spider-Man underwear, eat, watching Ghostbusters, you know, regular American tea, you know, preteen kids, you know, eating Pop-Tarts, watching Miami Vice, uh, you know, no, nah, not Freddie. I was getting high, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, All right off my asthma inhaler. Okay, so I end up falling down the steps. I crack my chin open. My mom finds out. They put me in a psych unit. It was crazy. All right. So, like, welcome to the planet Earth. Like, so I tell everybody all the time, like, you know, I might have checked in for alcohol and drugs. But for real, for real, I had a problem way long ago. And that was Mm -hmm. my asthma inhaler. Okay, fast forward. The first time I ever ate pepperoni, I ate so much I threw up. Then the first time I ever had a, a blow pop, I liked it so much. I went to the store, ate a box of them, broke out. My mom had to give me an allergy shot. So my point to you is, is that, and to anybody watching this, listen when they say addictions, when they say it, it's not, a, it's not a shame, it's a disease. They say that for a reason. Like drugs and alcohol, ain't had nothing to do with this. That was just a symptom of what was really going on with me. And even fast forward, when I had two years of sobriety, I had, um, I started liking ice cream. I ate some of my ice cream, my cholesterol shot up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember um, like when I moved out, Because I'm from uh, Pittsburgh. When I moved out to, uh, I'm from Western Pennsylvania. When I moved out to Philly, I had uh, put on so many oils that I broke out. My point to you is anything that I touch. If my brain likes it, it's going to like it more than usual. That's why my life, I got to be real structured when I'm doing, because when I like something, I like it to the max. And that's the difference. A person that doesn't have this disease and a person that doesn't, it's just simple. It doesn't take all these theoretical terms. It doesn't take all this, you know, you don't have to be publishing in New England medical journal. You have to con- keynote national conferences. It's just simple. You take person A and you take person B. Person A that doesn't have addiction, they eat a couple Oreos or they have a drink Oh, okay, cool. I like it. Maybe have one more. The person that has a disease of addiction and a person that, you know, has a problem, they're going to eat Oreos until their life becomes unmanageable or they're going to drink until their life becomes unmanageable. It's just that mm, simple. Yeah. It's it, like we make this stuff way too hard. Fast forward. So I'm in a healthy relationship now. I'm blessed. And what I've learned about healthy relationships are is healthy people are not attracted to unhealthy people. What do I mean? All my relationships prior to this? Well, ended in jail, arguments, theft, lying, cheating. Why? Because I had unspiritual written on my forehead and that's what I attracted. Long story short, I was with somebody for a long time. It was unhealthy. It was founded in, you know, we got high, we drank. We did all the things that they advise you not to do. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Um, I was in and out of treatment centers and they would tell me, you know, we think you should do these things because data research and all these people have said this is what works. Of course, I'm not gonna listen to them. I end up uh, putting my hands on her because she said it was over. And being a good addict, I was. I decided that it's going to end when I say. Now, if you know me, you know it's against every moral fiber to put my hands on a woman. But about the next one, I will. And it's been tried and tested. I remember stealing out the kid's piggy bank to get one more. I remember all the things that I said I would never do. Oh, I'd never do things for another man uh, to get hot. Oh, I'd never uh, steal off my children. Oh, I'd never... All them things, you know, drugs and alcohol did check right off the list. And it took that. It took that type of pain in order for me to start getting it. So Mm -hmm. I move out. I move out to Philly, right? I move out to Philly and it's funny. So I learned something about me. That's no longer true, but it used to be money was the deodorant for the stench of my soul. A lot of people ask me, what do you mean by that? See what money can do for me is it would give me a certain clothing. It would give me, like, I used to think I was the coolest man ever with an apartment in a car. Oh, if I had an apartment in a car, you could tell me nothing. Like, I was better than 90% of the world, right? Like, money brings unsp- unsp- unspiritual women, I right? The like, car. money. If I had an in a car, you could tell me nothing. Like, I was better than know. it, It just, money allowed me on the outside to present a certain way. And if I presented a certain way, it brought certain people in my life and would enhance my self-esteem. But it was all fake. So I remember I was working at a homeless shelter, teaching men how to read and write, helping them get jobs, soft skills that were coming out of the penitentiary. I was uh playing drums at the church. You know, I was doing good, man. Like on the outside, I looked real well. So I remember calling my mom and I said, Mom, I told you it wasn't me. What are you talking about, Freddie? Man, it was my ex, man. I'm out here doing what it do, man. I told you when me, I'm doing my thing out here. I'm working. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Blah, 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 blah. I'm teaching Sunday school feeding the homeless. You know what I'm saying? I'm going. I got my clothes in the cleaners. I'm going to get them right now. Oh yeah, and on top of that, I'm going downtown eating steak and shrimp. That's how I'm living right now. What's good? What you need some money? Hair all wavy. I'm smelling good. That's what it is, cousin. And I'll never forget my mom told me. She said, "Freddie, you can dress a pig all you want. He's still a pig." And when she said that, I was like, you're hating, but it's funny. I learned something. I was able, always able to attain something, but I never was able to keep it because it was built on spiritual trash. So what it took me to gain in about a year, I ended up losing almost six months. I ended up homeless, downtown, dumpster diving, begging for change. Mm. Mm. I ended up 5 years ago. I was right next to the dumpster sleeping, waking up. And as I was doing that, I remember the mice running over me. I remember peeing on myself and being okay with that. I remember like the lady from Dunkin Donuts putting the Dunkin donuts on top of the dumpster and being okay with eating that. I remember having money in my pocket and being okay with dying hungry but I can't, but I have to die drunk. I remember uh baking for change downtown Philadelphia. And I remember the lady spitting on me and telling me to get a job, nigger. Like I remember that. You know what I'm saying? And I thank her for that because every time I think that I want to get hired, try it again. I remember what that felt like to be spit on and caught a racial epithet. So that's why when I'm doing my job now, I tell these kids, I would be real mindful about this drug and alcohol piece mm-hmm. because I still remember the smell of the dumpster. I still The trauma from that, I'll never get over. So I remember being downtown and I passed out drunk. Hi, an African-American brother woke me up. I'm saying that because I don't know his name. He was an angel. And he woke me up. I said, listen, man, let me die. This is it. I'm a failure in life. I'm a failure as a human being. I can't do this thing called life. It's over. I'm a horrible human being. I'm a drunk. I'm a drug addict. It's a wrap. Some of us just don't get it. And that brother looked at me and he said, you ain't dying today. He gave me a pillow and a bottle of water. He called the ambulance. He prayed with me and he sat and waited until they came. I enter treatment. I stay in treatment for like a year. I get out, meet my wonderful woman. She tells me to go to school. I go to school. I end up graduating Delaware County Community College with a three-point uh, 8.4 GPA. I got 15 scholarships. I ended up getting a full ride. I ended up making all state PA academic team. I got a full ride to Westchester University where I'm now enrolled in 18 credits. I'm an accelerated bachelor's and master's program. While I was in school, the first paper I ever wrote ended up being published on the Philadelphia Inquirer op-ed section, which started the message, which is my company now where I travel the country. This semester, by God's grace and mercy, I'm fully booked up with six keynotes. On top of taking 18 credits, I spoke at Minnesota State Technical Schools, which is 40 minutes away from the George Floyd situation. I spoke it. I just spoke at LSU Travenport, which is LSU sister campus. I'm a national keynote in October at the biggest community college conference in the country. I speak in Kansas city. Uh, and then where else do I speak at? I forget some other places on top of that, by God's grace and mercy, I'm involved with uh, Hope Center. We're doing work on food, hunger, campus safety stuff. I was just did share the stage with salad, O'Brien off good morning, America and West Moore. Um, the things that have happened. Is unbelievable. I have a company, a website. Um, I write monthly for a blog. Uh, I was, I've been on TV. I've been featured on Fox News. I've been on. I was in a documentary episode. Uh, I mean, you know, the stuff that's happened is unbelievable. But here's what's good. So I just told you all those blessings and accolades. But the reality of it is, when I tell people, and I say this all the time, for anybody's listening that's struggling, for everybody that's that doesn't believe. I want you guys to hear this and hear this as well. I'm not telling you stuff to be grandiose. I'm not telling you stuff to brag. I'm not telling you stuff to say because I'm better. I'm letting you know because I want you to know you are next. And if you don't have people around you telling you so, then you need to change your circle. We're not mistakes. There's no reason. There's no way that you survive the things we survive just because. I had to think about this. Freddie, we are in the worst epidemic this country has ever seen. The worst. Mental health, they don't even know what to do with us. It's so bad. Okay. If you survived all that, why? So if you survived all that, here's the Mm. question. Why not go get your dreams? So if you were willing to walk 35 miles to get alcohol, if you were willing to put yourselves in harm's way, to drive drunk, to do things that statistically should make you dead, why would you not be willing to do the same thing when you get sober to go get your dreams? Mm. It don't make sense. Mm it don't make sense. Like, think about it. We are willing to, I'm going to just speak on me. I was willing to drink before I got in the car, get in the car, go to a bar, drink at a bar, get back in the car, drink while in the car and go home. I've done that normally. They call that damn near suicide. Okay. My question is, why would I get sober and settle? Like, why would I get sober now knowing I have all my wits about me, knowing that I have the world? I think we forget this. The world is at our fingertips. We we have given more information. Our previous generations did not have what we got. They didn't. Our granddads, our grandfathers, our grandmas, they didn't have the access that we have. Why would I get sober and survive the things I survived to settle? My job now is to empower people to empower other people. And that's my story.
2: Mm.
0: Wow.
1: Freddie.
2: Oh
0: man. literally had to write a quote down, bro. I ain't playing. <laughs> mm. <laughs> mm. Ah. All right. Welcome to the other folks that jumped on to the stream. Glad to have you guys on here. Freddie, thank you again for sharing yeah. the story, man. That was of powerful. course.
1: Yeah, bless y'all. Ooh. I didn't get into the family stuff, which I'll get into later, but that was just my side of it. But I'll get into the family stuff. Yeah, bless you. I'm so grateful to be on here, man. You guys are just, you know, it's a blessing to have a platform like this. We need this because there's, you know, stigma outweighs education, so we got to have this.
0: Mm, that's right.
2: that's right. right. Well, I definitely, um, I'm Jeff. Oh, nice to meet yeah. you, brother. Bruh. This is what I'm talking about, man. This, right, this, right. This is what I'm talking about, bro, because I mean, I would have checked out if the intro wasn't about me. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I said intro or, you know what right. I'm saying, or go. You know? Right, right. Um, Definitely have been blessed with yeah. everything that you've said thus far, bro. You know, what I mean? because um when, when I see you, I see I see me. When I yeah, see Brett, I see me. You no understand don't. what I'm saying? No, this no, disease, don't. bro. this disease, it 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 um it ain't discriminating, bruh. not at all. I don't care <laughs> what dialect, dialect, I don't care what meal you like to eat, <laughs> like what, what toothpaste you use. I mean the thing. I used to use. You know what I mean? Disease is going to come no matter what. It don't discriminate, bro. Uh, I'm hurting uh, that. Yeah. Okay. Right. You know, but, um, I just want to applaud you. You Thank know, you. I want to applaud you. I don't know anybody else's story, man, but you know, and I, I really, really can't remember you and I, Brett, having a discussion as far as, you know, your background, your upbringing, as far as your socioeconomic background, but, you know, hand a brother, you know, that come from the same socioeconomic background that I came from, right? Right. It starts that. Uh, 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 Nationality, I don't really care about nationality and ethnicity, man, because like, seriously, I'm human. But you come from the socioeconomic background. So that's what speaks to me. You come from a situation where the culture in which you grew up with, okay, it was dilapidated housing, everything else that came with it we ain't got to right. get into that we know the story. Right. you right. know Impoverished neighborhoods all throughout America suffer the yeah. same no matter yeah. if you black, brown, yellow, green, or purple. we know this. one I applaud you because having come from a socioeconomic background like that and propelling yourself yeah. propelling yourself academically, I'm big on education. Propelling yourself academically and also getting it, bro. Message, you know, Spike Lee, bro. Let's take it back. Message, Uh, right? Got the message, bro. I am learning. This is, and I I gotta be honest, right? Because I'm the kind of person that I am. I never really have a problem speaking to a lot of people, right? Right. So I'm like, like, seriously, I'm on my phone with a lot of people, and it's a blessing, Right? right? But I will be honest. We are suffering even in recovery, bro.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You understand
2: What I'm saying, bro, yeah. and it hurts me, bro. It yeah. hurts, it hurts me, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I only got a year and, and a couple of you know, uh, 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 I don't know what I got. Wait, a, congratulations, got. thank that ain't you. Only a year, that's a year. Mm. Thank you. I should know better. That's I got, I have a year, one month, and six days, right? Oh, <laughs> bro, I'm on the phone, I'm on the phone with people you know, that have years clean and telling me that it's like they hit a wall. You ever heard that? You ever heard yep. that somebody that got eight years clean? Somebody got 11 years yep. clean and they hit a wall and I'm like, respecting their expect. Babe, could you do me a favor, please, sweetie? Could you grab me a bottle of water? I appreciate it. Uh, uh, yeah. Real quick, I got want to, yeah, want to give sorry. a shout out to Jeffrey
0: over I here. Y'all. Yeah, yeah, right here we got Jeffrey on the on the live stream, and he is celebrating five years today. Ooh, congratulations, Jeffrey. That's Ooh, no that's,
1: hand, that, up. Yeah, I'm that's, hand up for that. Yeah, that's that's not that's not a uh uh an accident. Um congratulations. That's absolutely phenomenal. Salute to you. I hope you have your favorite meal and dessert tonight.
2: Mm. Mine, mine would be ice cream. No doubt mine me too. Be ice cream. Mine, no, yeah, but, but um, I mean, honestly, honestly, uh uh Freddie, man, I just I've been I've been blessed by hearing what you have to say, man. But like what what I'm learning is that, you know, we don't need to hit a wall, bro. No. Now I'm saying this for a reason. Right. Because I re- can, you can have a spiritual awakening inside of a yeah. spiritual awakening. Yeah. You know, level up. And I recently went through it. Right. And I got to be. Thank you, sweetie. And I got to be honest. I'm parched.
1: y'all. I apologize. One
2: second. No, you're good. You're good.
1: I had to learn when I speak online, I had to, trust me, I get it. Yeah, I, I get it, I get it. I know, I know, and then when I did, I still didn't,
2: but yeah, Ooh. so, um, you know, okay, I was addicted to crack cocaine for 32 years.
1: All right.
2: Right? My story is that I happen to use recovery models to get me sober, something happened, God bless me, you mm-hmm. know, Got an indie publishing company. The little book mm. is Okay, the little book mm. is out. Listen, listen. It ain't about that. It's about what's, what's about to happen. Even with the the, the the love that God has blessed me with, with like people saying, hey, your story, you know, it, it resonates with my heart, right? I don't care if right. it was just one person. It's a couple more than just one person. Right. But even if it was just one person, that, right. that touches me. You understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. But it got Freddie. listen. Listen, it got to a point and it's only been out. My company's only been around for four months, but I recently went through something about, it started about a month and a half ago and it recently stopped. And what that was is me doubting whether I belonged here Mm. at a hundred, bro. Mm. Even with, even with, you know, like I said, at least one person saying your words touched me, I still doubted that I belonged here. And what I mean by here is here because I'm here every day from now on. That's my thought. Right. 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 And I like what you said as far as how hard you went because I keeps it on Where we from, we right. keep it on right. I, I was smoking crack, bro. 12 be across the street. Police be across the street. My pipe is in the air. I don't want to do right. a little, you know, graphics right. and whatnot. Right. My pipe be in the air and I'll be smoking with cops across the street. You right. go chase me. I just got a charge. I'm gone. I don't care. You know right. what I'm right. saying? Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. So that flagrant With my addiction, right? I used out loud, right? (laughs) Recovering out loud now. You know, (laughs) know, I like that, bro. They know me. I used out loud, bro. Right, right. So I'm I'm choosing to recover out loud. And when I used, I used literally until my body gave out. I was, Mm -hmm. I didn't drink, I didn't smoke, like literally. Anything um, but crack. I didn't eat food. I didn't, not even water. I come to the party. We all grown, want to be grown right. and sexy. I come to the party. They playing P-Knuckle, They smoking. They right. drinking. doing that. Right. I'm in the corner looking crazy on the carpet. They like, bro, right. we have drinks here to bring you down. No, bro, I'm going to. I can't go no more. So if I was like that when I was getting high, right? Who am I not to recover out loud and go hard? Facts. I feel I'm ready to fall out. Who am I? Facts. Like seriously, the nerve Facts. of me not—the nerve of me not to go hard every day. I don't Facts. care if it's a thirty-second in, in uh, 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 a thirty-second motivational clip I throw up on, on Instagram. Right. Huh? Something. I don't right. care. If, you know what I'm saying? I throw right. something up on my page. Something you know, nice for the day. That message may touch someone. Who am I not to post that?
1: Facts. I love this. I, I, yeah, thank you. Oh, thank bro. you.
0: Yeah, no, we, thank we you for a couple s- more. We got a couple more people celebrating. We got Roberto oh. celebrating eight months off a of crack, and we got God, congratulations. That is phenomenal. That's what it do. Five years as well. So we got that's some what it do with some, with some time in here. Oh. That's that eight fun. months off crack. That's wonderful. Bro, that's wonderful.
2: I was still waking up. I was still waking up. And, what? Still having <laughs> dreams, bro. Still having <laughs> dreams, bro. Jeffrey just shared something.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Facts. I agree with
2: you, brother Jeffrey. We choose not. Choose not. I mean, we got to say, hey, he had to say something, you know what I mean? With wisdom. I mean, yeah, right, 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 right. right, right. Oh, man. This is beautiful, But Like, seriously. um, All right. So I need to say this, definitely hit my heart. I just recently got beyond feeling like I don't belong here. All right, about to get married to my best friend, my business partner, my sober sister, my queen. And when I come back off of my honeymoon, it's a wrap, bro. While I'm on my wedding, vacation and honeymoon, it's every day for me from now on. Why? Because some 14 year old kid hit my DM And told me he was thinking about committing suicide until he saw my video on TikTok, bro. See, who am I? Like, I feel like crying right now. Like, this is so weird. Like, bro, who am I not not to give what was given to me, bro? Like, I mean this with my heart. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? saying? Who am I? Who am I to disrespect my mom's who has almost two decades clean and sober? And I lived amongst her addiction, bro. Right, right, right. You see. I've seen it from from a dick, bro. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? saying? Now this woman has two decades clean and sober. And during them two decades, if I only got a year, how many times you think my mama done prayed for me? Before I got it? How many times you think, huh? I'm shaking her call like, nah, I ain't here right now. Not right now, I ain't. Because she's trying to give me the message. So now that I got the message, who am I not? To bring it every day, bruh. Facts. Ain't no wall for me, bro. I have no limitation when it comes to de- delivering this message. Yeah. I can deliver it in speech. I could deliver it textually by writing something. Huh? I could put it on audio, like Brett bomb ass recovery podcast, recovery survey podcast. Right. Yeah. Facts. 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 Huh? I mean. There's no way. I mean, we can even deliver the message in Braille. I have no excuse. I don't know about nobody else. I right. have no excuse.
1: From yeah, now, no, I'm with you. I'm from with now you. on. No I'm with you. I, yeah, I said all the time, sleep when I'm dead. None. Yeah, like it's, yeah. Come yeah. on,
2: bro. I yeah. used out
1: loud. Right. I like that. I like that. So
2: I'm recovering like that. out loud. I'm not like even charging that. for that. You know how we do that. Right. A, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I love it. More, we got some more people in here commenting with their mm. with their dates. We got, oh, I don't even know how to say her name. Uh, three years, nine months, mm. and then my buddy Thomas from my home group, twenty-four
1: years, He'll have eleven. Twenty-five months.
0: years oh. on Thursday. Twenty-five wow. years. I, I got to look at my phone. God bless. Wow. I got. I got. Uh, yeah, Thursday. Thursday.
2: Salute. Salute. You know, go without saying, Freddie. We gotta let go. We got, we got exchange. Oh other. yeah, oh yeah. Already yeah. sure you know,
1: because um,
2: like, like honestly, um, <sighs> I gotta reach up until I gotta lean into your wisdom, bro. I'm yeah, good, no doubt. Ain't no sugarcoat. You know how we do.
1: It. Yeah, absolutely.
2: You understand know what I'm absolutely. saying? Absolutely. I see somebody. I ain't never got a problem reaching up to the wisdom, bro. Lean oh, no. me. Absolutely. Absolutely. What part, what part of New York are you from? I'm from the BX. I'm in the I'm in the A right now, though. I'm in Atlanta, but next year I'm moving to um St. Louis next summer. Okay. So I'm gonna rock right. out here for another year. I got a couple events lined up. Actually, got something lined up. As soon as All I get right. back from from the honeymoon, and you know, some stuff lined
1: up. Not 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 where you at? I ain't gonna fuck. Right. But again, you know how we? Oh do. no, our, it, our our journeys are yeah, it's totally journey, different. And my journey, you know, and because the reality of it is, there are people that you're gonna affect that I never could affect and there's people i can affect you can't that's called teamwork love it mm. okay okay Laurie, we come in make sure you go to joe's ribs yeah joe's ribs i think it's called joe's i think it's called joe's ribs i think it's joe let lori is that joe's I, I i was out there i had to speak out there and it, the ribs the best food i ever had in my life Laurie, friend friend me friend me and my soon to be wife Laurie. yeah i i i think it's joe i think it's joe's the rib places, rib spots. Oh, yeah. hmm. oh yeah, and I'm real picky. I want you. Oh yeah, I want you. Huh? Sugar fire. Sugar fire.
2: Yes. What's that, babe? That's
1: the best rib to join
2: in St. Louis. Oh, my girl said sugar something. Sugar, sugar something. Yeah, sugar my- said she don't know Joe. Ju- sugar something. Sugar fire. Sugar fire. She I got to look at that rib rib spot out there in St. Louis.
1: All right. Oh, well, next time I'm out there,
2: that's what I'm doing. Sugar fire. Yeah, but again, Freddie, like you know, huh. it's a beautiful, It's it's so beautiful when what I love about sobriety, right? And I gotta be honest, right? This this is right. what this is what I'm getting, right? Right. What I love about sobriety is that the things that we lie to ourselves about that we could not do when we were using yep. sobriety gives us a clean slate. So, you know yep. what I mean? It's a canvas. You can paint whoever you want to be on there now. Yup. I'm no longer Crackhead Jeff. You yep. know who I am? Jeff Vickers, the author, bro. I'm Jeff Vickers, the owner of Sober Slogans, LLC, indie publishing company. Yep. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. You yeah. whatever you used to call yourself. Yep. I never heard nobody call me Crackhead
1: Jeff. Right. Self-talk is an MF. Yeah.
2: I used to call myself. Crackhead, Jeff. ain't that?
1: so? Yep. I know it's self-esteem, self-esteem. It's I, I definitely would agree. Uh, yeah, like you know, when I be when God allows me to speak and they they run my biography, I have to remember that I'm not Freddie the drunk anymore. Mm. Like, 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 there's a title to my name now. Mm. Like, I'm a dad. I'm a uh, uh, a granddad. We just had a, that's a long story, ah. but I'll get in all that too. Like there's titles, like I'm a family man. Yes, sir. Right. Like I, there's no longer that I'm Freddie the drunk. So like I have to carry myself as such now too. Cause that's another thing too, that I, and I, and I want to get into this. Like, so God has allowed me to have a family and me and my wife have an age gap. I'm not allowed to so do shit. She gets, she gets mad at me. I ain't allowed to do it. All right. So. Like, the children are older, right? So, like, our daughter, she moved to Florida to get sober. She'll have – she has seven months. She'll have a year in February. You know what I'm saying? We're really now family recovery. My wife has – she'll have seven years of recovery in uh, February. And by God's grace, she'll graduate with her master's in May. And I graduate in May with my bachelor's. I'm going to get my master's. My point is we've been able to do all this. And we have a family in recovery, and our oldest son just had a baby, so we're grandparents now. But the only reason we've been able to live like this and do all this is because we've had each other to support each other about sobriety. And what do I mean by that? I mean, like, we do work on our relationship. That's right. Right? So, like, let me give you an example. We'll We'll sit down every once in a while. I don't know how much we do it, but we do it, to where we tell us 10 good things about yourself and 10 things you need to work on. And you can't come back with uh you gotta shut up, you gotta shut up and you gotta listen. I'm in therapy, she's in therapy, I take psych meds, she takes psych meds. Like the reason my house is able to run efficiently is because we're not using, but also because we're putting in work. Come, work. On. come on, work, come work, on. work. And and that work looks like journaling, therapy, meetings, working out. Like my wife just lost almost 80 pounds, right? Like eating healthy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like these are all things that when I was getting high, it's almost two lives in one. One life was get high, act silly, do what I want. The next life was welcome to being a grown human that's going to help humanity. Man up. Man up. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a journey, man. And I got to be honest, too. I'm going to be real about this. The longer I'm sober and the more God is allowing me to reach different levels, the more I'm seeing at the institutions in this country that's broken. And you know what I'm realizing? Who is going to help it get better if it ain't for the people that used to be broken? Mm. Like we I, I feel like we are obligated. Like like we went through all that stuff. We have no choice but to make sure we're serving the youth. We have no choice but to make sure we're feeding the homeless. We have no choice but to make sure we're available. Like, mentorship is just a part of the rest of my life. That's period. It. That's it. It's like drinking this water. It's not even, like, who else gonna care for the people that smell and hungry and nobody cares about them? The throwaways in society. It's on us. Hmm. So, yeah, I'll drink to that, but it's going to be water. <laughs> nah, but it's going to be water. You ain't lying. Huh? You ain't lying. You ain't lying. Look at all these wonderful people we got in here.
2: It's a beautiful thing, baby. It's a beautiful thing. I have to, I have to,
1: where's my, let
2: me see so. mm. Yeah, I ain't going to mess
1: the screen up. Let me leave right where I'm at. So, anything you guys want to know, ask me. I'm welcome. I, you know, I love whatever you want to know. I ask me. Blessings from Miami. Bless you too, Carrie. On the my sober sister page, awesome. Oh, uh, bless you, Carrie. Faith without works is dead. Yeah, I agree to that. Yeah, I agree to that.
0: Hmm. Here, here's a question from Ian. What okay. are your triggers? Mm. Okay, this is a very,
1: very good question.
0: And, and I, and I, and I want to speak on this. And, and he said he added on and tools, so okay. tools to deal with said triggers. Yeah. Okay. So
1: I had to learn this. I had to learn. I learned that my mental health is a trigger, untreated. I was born with a brain that has a chemical imbalance. And if I don't take psychiatric medication, and if I don't see a therapist, and if I don't eat a certain way, and if I'm not doing prayer, and if I'm not doing yoga, and if I'm not doing meditation, and if I'm not around positive people, I'm going to have a very bad day. What do I mean? So I know I love my mother deeply. I'm only child. But I also know that I've had to learn. My mom has mental health. My mom's been in a lot of institutions. She has mental health. She goes a day program and all that. I've learned when me and her deal, I have to set boundaries on a relationship because I know what's going to happen if we don't. That's a trigger. Second trigger. I know and I, <laughs> I've learned this, that when I'm dealing with family, I have to set up boundaries because what I've learned with me is, is that. I can allow other people's attitudes, actions, and behaviors to affect my psyche. So I've had to learn how when somebody makes a statement, when somebody says something that I don't like, that I don't have to download that. I don't have to take that on. I've had to learn how if somebody says something that hurts my feelings or they say something I don't like, what I have to do is I have to process it. I have to step back and not react. And so when that happens is I go to my network. I go to my readings. I go to the prayer. I go to the people around me. I trust. And I talk to them about it because I'm a person where I've been unsuccessful more than I've been successful in my life. So entering this new world of success for me is different because I've never had it. So I've had to learn how to navigate that and the triggers I have. What's another trigger I have? Uh, Well, I do know this. I, Okay, so like I watch football. Sundays for me is a day where I don't do nothing but watch football all day. Like that, I don't do nothing else. Okay. I've had to learn that there's certain places I can't watch football at. Like, you know, I can't go to certain clubs and bars and watch it because it brings back some things. So I've had to learn as I've gotten older, there's just certain things I can't do anymore. And that's okay. Like life didn't end. I just got to be smart about how I move. Um, I've also learned that for me, I had to learn this too, that there's certain things in my past I can't talk about because it brings up certain traumas. And I've had to learn how when I see those things come up, I have to wait, think about it, take a deep breath, pray, read, and stick in reality. So a lot of my traumas are anger, anger, my mental health, certain conversations with my mother and family, and the way I deal with them is all the tools I just named: eating right, working out, healthy, and all the other stuff.
0: Good stuff, man. Jeff, you want to weigh in on that question too?
2: Yeah, for sure. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, um, thank you, Freddie, for sharing that. For sure. Yeah. He basically hit everything I'm doing. To be honest mm-hmm. with you, man. Um, I probably said one or two things. I don't. I don't. I don't pray a lot. I don't pray a lot. Me and my God, we um we all have our relationships with our higher power.
1: Absolutely we do. Right.
2: Okay. So in the traditional sense of the word, you know, I don't I don't pray like that. I've been Muslim. I used to pray 5 times a day. So I know what prayers are about, right? I was Christian and I was also a, a, a Muslim. So I used to pray. So I don't, I don't do that. But everything else you hit on for the most part. Like I am um I'm pescatarian mostly. Ooh. Bless
1: um,
2: you. I said mostly. We have our cheat days. I'm segueing until when when I really get it. You know what I mean? When I'm just what? straight. But every once in a while, I'll have a euro with the lamb. I like the lamb. Oh, but yeah. um, okay. mm-hmm, for the most part, I'm pescatarian. Um, I definitely meditate. My goal, my goal uh, for the for the first quarter of next year is to get to the point where I'm meditating an hour a day. Actually. That's, that's, that's where I see, you know, uh, uh, um, the 2022 version of me, you know, I like to do, I want to do the 20, 20 minutes and then 20 minutes, you know, three times a day. I I really think that'll help me out. Um, Mm -hmm. healthy, uh, uh, um, healthy eating again, with, with me being a pescatarian. Um, I think, I think, um, I got to say this, man. I have to say this. I think that if you have someone in your life that you trust their sobriety and and they're like your friend, you know what I mean? It happens to be, you know, my future wife. But if you have someone in your life like that, I think it's extremely important to nurture that relationship. I don't care if it's a sponsor, a sponsee, you know, somebody that, you know, in the rooms, I just think that it's extremely important because, you know, when, when Freddie spoke, he he spoke about you know, um, everything that's happening with him and his family because they're both working a program, right? They're working their own individual program, but collectively they're building, you know, here you go. All right. <laughs> collectively, they're building a house. You know what I mean? And I'm blessed to happen to be in a sober relationship. But for those that might not have a sober partner, if you know anybody that's sober, all right. Cling on to that relationship, nurture yes. that relationship because it it's it's gonna embed itself into your DNA like yeah. that. Serious, bro. Like when I was out there and I was well, let me stay on the subject. But um, another tool that I use, I apologize. Another tool that I use is um visualizing a lot. You know, that's a part of meditating. That's not meditating by itself. You know, that's one of the Methods used in meditation, but I um I visualize a lot. I visualize a lot. I learned from uh uh uh, uh, uh um oh man, what's the guy from The Mask? Cable guy.
1: Oh, uh, Jim Carrey. Who?
2: Jim Carrey. You talk Jim about Carrey. Young Yo, Jim about Carrey. story about the check. Yeah, Jim Carrey. Yes. Yeah. yeah, you already know. You already know. See, yeah. now my state. You already know. Yeah. That that shows that you know we share same likes of content right yeah. obviously but um that story moved me and i was like hmm let me try that right and a couple of other people i heard doing it but that really moved me um and kanye kanye's story moved me kanye used to be in his basement in chicago and everybody thought he was crazy and he was yeah. like watch jay-z gonna be my best friend me and diddy gonna be cool and he used to visualize it on a regular basis until boom the universe said you know what I'm going to pick up on your vibration. I'm going to meet you, and I'm going to make sure that you, as long as you're putting the work in, I'm so that I meet you there. And that's what's happening to me, and I'm ecstatic about it.
1: Sarah Sarah just said, thank you for sharing that, brother. Bless you. Sarah said something. I want to share this story real quick. Mm. Sarah said, self-talk is a trigger and a code measure for me, so I need to check myself Right. All right, so this is a true story I'm about to tell you. This is a true mm. story. So- I had the LLC paperwork up. I've told recovery. I've told him this before. I had the LLC paperwork up. I hope Sarah's listening to this because I want to bless you with this. So I had to recover. I had the LLC paperwork up and my computer. All I had to do was hit enter, and I'd be an official LLC. This is before I started my company, 2018. I called my wife, and it was Sunday. My wife always makes me pancakes on Sunday, right? I'm blessed. Okay, she, she comes in. On Sunday. I didn't hear you. She always makes you pancakes on Sunday. Every Sunday. That's, she
2: makes that's, that's a blessed tradition. I
1: hope my girls start doing that. But go ahead. <laughs> so look, right. So listen, right. She made me pancakes. All right. So every Sunday. Okay. So I got the pay work up and I call her and I say, Kim, I said, I got the pay work up, but I can't hit enter. She said, what? I said, yeah, I, I said, I can't do this company. I can't go around the country sharing my story. And you know what I mean? I just, I can't do it. You know what I mean? I, I like, it's just, no, I'm too scared. I'm like, I'm feared up. I will never, ever forget. She said this. And my wife is completely opposite of me. She's not a no screamer. She's not loud. She's an introvert. We are two different people on the spectrum. She says to me, Freddie, you have a gift. Mm. You have been given a gift and a career has fallen in your lap. It would be selfish of you not to share that with the rest of the world. Did you know how many people are struggling and need to hear that? Now, fast forward. This is true story. I get my business cards like a couple months later and I'm going around, hand them out and say, yeah, um, you know, I'm trying to be a motivational speaker. My therapist had heard me say that when I was talking to her. and She said to me, don't ever say you're trying. I need you to say that you are a motivational speaker because the reality of it is that's who you are. Now listen, fast forward. Just what was it like last week? I'm coming off on my first uh, first trip I uh went to LS no, it was my first trip, but I got blessed. I went to LSU to speak. Mm-hmm. I'm getting off the plane right now. They they blessed me. It was most money I've ever made all that. They pay for everything. I'm getting off the plane and I arrive and I go get my first rental car I ever had They give me a little Chevrolet spark, whatever. And I get to the hotel and I'm standing in the hotel and I had a top floor and I'm looking at the city and I'm thinking to myself, damn, like I almost let fear stop me from looking at this view. Mm. I almost let fear stop me from traveling the country helping other people. That's how powerful fear is. So my point to you, Sarah, and anybody on here, do be mindful about what you say you are. Be mindful about what you say is possible. Be mindful because nobody, and I had to learn this, nobody's standards should be higher than my own. Ooh. Nobody. Ooh. Nobody, no, nobody should be telling me what's possible. Nobody should be saying my standards for my life. Nobody got higher than me. And after I tasted this once, yeah. man, I'm telling you, I walk in that airport, man, ain't no feeling, <laughs> man. I'm telling you, when I get off that airplane and, and I'm standing on that stage in front of a crowd of students, that's really they listening, and really hoping it like, man, I hope Freddie can help me. Ain't no feeling, man. So don't ever tell yourself what you're capable of. We don't know what's within us until we do it. True story. Limitless. Limitless.
0: Thank
2: you, Ian. Limitless.
0: Yeah, and we got another question from Ian a few minutes ago. Um, Let me put it up here on the screen. It says, did you experience a spiritual awakening in detox or anywhere else that brought you to recovery? And Mm. thank you again for sharing.
1: Yep. That's my story too. (laughs) Yep. Uh, I, uh you go ahead and share yours. I'll share mine last. You I'll share mine after you go
2: ahead. Um, so August 14th, 2020 is the last time I got high. I tried to commit suicide, and um somebody, you know, saved me. Right. They brought me over to the motel where I was staying at, and basically I couldn't even get up the steps, so I had to sit on the steps. They called EMT workers, and you know, they they filled me up because I was like I said. When I get high, I don't eat, I don't drink. And I was doing that, you know, um, for like two days. So I was severely dehydrated. They had to put fluids in me. And from there, I went to Grady Hospital to the psych unit, which is on the 13th floor. And I like to say that, you know, that was a lucky you know, lucky day for me being on the 13th floor. Cause they say that 13 is supposed to be an unlucky number, right? And while I was on the psych unit, that's when I had my spiritual awakening. And when I left there, I started my journey of recovery, and I haven't looked back. So, mm. yeah, it wasn't in detox or, or, or a treatment facility, but it was in a straight-up psych unit. And, right. and how, how, crazy is it, how crazy is it that I went to a psych unit and, and I got sane, right? I, got, <laughs> I had that awakening boy. I ain't turned back since. I'm woke. So that, that's my experience. What's up, Freddie? Chime in. Uh, so here's how I vibe with
1: um, I'm in a basement of a treatment facility and I got to this treatment facility and this time I didn't have, you know, nice shoes and, you know, non-alcohol, uh, mouthwash. Cause when I go to treatment, I look for a female cause I don't go to her to get well. Like that's not what I do. So I, you know, I usually have a certain gear cause I'm trying to attract a female. So I can get in the basement at this time, you know, addiction has taken over to where I'm in the basement and I have no clothing. And I have no shoes when I arrive the treatment. So I had to go through the clothing bin that they had. So I'm going through the clothing bin. And I'll never forget, I looked at the guy and he said, Are you going to pick out underwear? And I said, excuse me? And then it hit me that I'm in the basement of a treatment facility and I'm going through the underwear and I'm picking out the ones that aren't stained. And I remember leaving that and getting on the phone with my mom. And my mom said to me, I called her, I said, mom, listen, I'm really going to change this time. I'm like, I'm done. And she said, Freddie, I hope I didn't get sober to bury you because I will. Mm. And when she said that, I don't know what, I feel like God in that moment, he just flipped a switch. And I just got hungry. And I said, this disease ain't killing me. And I don't know what happened. I, I I can't explain it. But from that day forward, I ain't never looked back. I ain't never looked back. Like from that day forward, it was like my mom quit on me. Mm. And I'm only child. Like you you hope you ain't got a like you're willing to bury me. Mm. Oh, you got me fucked up. Yeah. Something 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 changed. Yeah, not me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And now when I talk to mom, it's different.
0: That was mine. I guess I could share mine, too. I feel like I've been kind of quiet in the- Absolutely. Talk, brother.
1: (laughs) You're a change agent, business savvy mind.
0: Let's do it. Yeah, my my detox story is a little different from both of y'all's. Mine, I detoxed in county jail, uh, which was quite the experience. Yeah, that's Um, real. Yeah. (laughs) That was the first time I had ever detoxed because I had gotten to the point in my life where I was trying to get away from meth and I was still using just enough that I didn't have any kind of like withdrawal or any kind of like negative effects, but I had replaced that with alcohol and uh, I don't know, I was in like two, three weeks into that, into my own like program that I was trying to come up with because I hadn't found the rooms yet uh, and I was drinking way too much and ended up with a DWI I, I passed out hit a couple parked cars ran into a house like it Ooh. was a mess uh, so I ended up spending about a week in in county and uh, that's when I got to do my first detox and you know the the question was asking about like was that the spiritual awakening and I feel like for me that was the beginning of a spiritual awakening but I still wasn't done getting my ass kicked like I still thought that I could find a way to, to use successfully. I thought I could still find like that formula, even though I had like years of experience saying that I can't use successfully. I thought like, you know, I still got one more in me. Like I can still keep living this lifestyle. Um, but that was the beginning. Like that's, that's where the seeds for recovery were planted because I ended up on probation. I have that stipulation that I got to go to a couple meetings a week and get this paper signed. Yeah. So even though I don't want to be there, like those seeds were still planted. So when I hit that point, You know, it wasn't when when I got to that point, when I when I wanted to stop, it wasn't like some huge event. It wasn't some dramatic thing that happened in my life. It was a conversation with a guy that I had gotten close with in a meeting. And he was like, if you keep living the way you're living, like you're not going to be here much longer. And for whatever reason, like that clicked kind of like you were talking about Freddie, like having that conversation with your mom where she's talking about burying you something clicked. And it was like, you know, he's right. I can't keep living the way that I'm living. And, and then it's like, okay, well now I know where to go. Like, I know where the resources are. I know where the people are that are in my corner. I know where the people are that have been through those same struggles that I've been through. So that's, that's my story. You know, I, I detox in County, but that wasn't like the big spiritual awakening, but that was the beginning of that recovery journey for me. And, and
1: and let me add to this. I want people on here listening and, and I, and I really mean this. One of the problems that, that, that bothers me in just society in general is that we think it's not possible. Like I want people to realize, do you know how hard it is to make 60,000 a year, 30,000 a year, 40,000 a year. People who've never had a drug problem worked their whole life to see numbers like that. People who've never had a drug problem go through everything just to have a house and cut their grass. We are people. And, and I and I, I don't have the data, but I have a life experience. We literally trash our lives completely. And within months... We got all that shit back. I've seen stories. I've seen women who have lost their children through the state. They now are lawyers and they've adopted other children along with getting their own kids back. I've seen situations with people that have lost arms, legs, have been through some of the worst abuse and things. And when they got sober, they now have a village of people. And all they do is help people. Mm -hmm. So my point is, I think we don't realize how powerful this life is. In 50 years, right? Like, okay, so they talk about Vietnam now. They talk about all this stuff and the drug. In 50 to 100 years, our kids are going to be watching Netflix, are going to be watching something. And they're going to talk about the opioid epidemic. And they're going to talk about the mental health epidemic. Do you realize that the people getting sober and the people going through this now, we're living in history like, 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 so my point is getting sober is like the best blessing you could ever get. You literally get to restart your life. You get to be anything you want. There is no trajectory on what you can do. And anybody that thinks differently because we look up and say, oh, well, he's a judge or he this or they got kids. Listen, they weren't always a judge. That's
0: right.
1: They weren't always a speaker. They started from zero. All, I, would, yeah. I would just really... Say to yourself, whatever you wanted to always be, whatever you want to do to make humanity better, whatever your gift is, I need you to dig deep and figure that out because I'm telling you, you are not here for average. You don't survive the things we survive just because. Just to be
0: average. Come on now.
1: Just to be average. You don't, man. Just to be average.
2: I wasn't wasn't an average crackhead.
1: My point.
2: I wasn't no average crackhead, bro. I'm dead serious. I was not a. They used to. They used to look for me. They used to look for me so I could taste the bomb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Jedi, do we need to <laughs> talk to me? Is it you? Me? Right, right? Right. They used to give me their food stamp card, and I'd go. I'd go for all the trappers with all you know the wings and all of that. Right, I right, wasn't right. the average crackhead. Right. Sometimes right. they leave me in the spot and be like, dude. You know, we left something over there for you. Please open the door. We gotta take in something. All right. right. I wasn't average. Okay. Yes, I wasn't average. Fact. I, I know they just weaved up, nephew. Come on, nephew. Soon as you put that together, mm-hmm. something. <laughs> you're right, nephew. I never right. got a note. Right. I never got an I wasn't an average right. crackhead. I just wasn't. So right. picture me being an average recovering at it picture me being an average man in sobriety that don't make
1: sense to me bro at all think about people that beat cancer that beat terminal illnesses they end up doing five mile okay, k runs they donate they're all like this why would it be different in recovery that's the mm, one see
0: come on now
1: bro let me let me let me let me and i'm gonna
2: say this i'm gonna say this you know and and and, and, and I, I just don't you know i don't hold no punches Right. Okay. And I hope I don't hurt nobody's feelings. <laughs> right. I honestly, I honestly, and I say this with love, bro. I never come at people sideways, right. but I say yeah. it with love. Right? If you say that you sober and your life ain't changed, you lying. Absolutely. I say, Absolutely. If you say you sober and your life ain't changed, you lying. Facts. Now, I'm not saying your life in one, you know what I'm saying? Your life, knock it off. But your life is supposed to change because if you have changed, you are a new person. I like to use that analogy because it's so damn real. Yep. You have a clean slate. I am no. August 14th, 2020. I was crackhead Jeff. August 15th, 2020. I wasn't crackhead Jeff no more, bro. No doubt. I ain't no been doubt. crackhead Jeff since August 14, 2020. Right. I ain't got time for games. I ain't got time for games, bro. I got a yeah. year, month, six days clean. I got my own company. First right. book is out. Got some stuff yeah. lined up. Some right. beautiful people in my life. Right. That's right. the first year. Right. 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 24 yeah. months. Right. Yeah. 24 months. No, exactly. <laughs> what? I got to get in your face with that What? Yeah. 24 months Imagine yeah. where I would be in 24 months As Ooh. close as, as wherever I want to be as possible Yeah, <laughs> Because We design We
1: yeah. right? uh,
2: hey, For those who believe in God I'm not taking him out of the equation I believe in God as well But even with all the tools That right. God has given us If we ain't getting off our ass to put that work in We gonna be hungry all day. For technology. Forget society. Bring it back to the basics. All day. Clothing, shelter. You
1: had to put the work and nothing. All, uh, all day. My, my mom used Listen. to tell me. When I was a kid. My mom used to be like, uh, "Well, I know you'll always work hard." I was like, "Why?" She's like, "You like nice shit." All right. You know what I mean? And I know me. My taste is high. I got a certain standard of living. I know what I look. It is what it is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying like and. When I, when I learned this, when I became a mentor, granddad, dad, husband, there's expectations now. Indeed. I am expected to produce. Indeed. And guess what? Being a leader of my tribe, that means that you're looking at my behavior. They're looking at it because I'm the set the toe. So if I'm sitting back settling and being cool, then I shouldn't be mad when my wife gained 300 pounds. Ooh. I shouldn't be mad when my daughter's out here doing dumb stuff. I shouldn't Ooh. be mad because obviously what I'm telling them is just be cool. Just be regular. Come on, man. I, yeah, be it's real. It's real. Just Come be regular. Y'all got me hype. Ooh. Just be regular. Yeah. Where they I, gotta, that y'all,
2: I forgot the first person I heard use this as a part of the example, but and not to gross anybody out, please, ladies. Right. All right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But even the ladies, we were all spermatosa, right? Right, right. Need I go on? Right, did we not win the race? Literally, the, <laughs> literally, the upward race, and we yeah. penetrated that, right? We penetrated what is it, the ovum or whatever, which I know how it is biologically, right? But what I'm saying is. We proved that we were champions when we penetrated the egg, instead of all the other competition around us. For whatever reason, his tail wasn't wagging like it was supposed to be. The stream was coming in a certain way, but they all got knocked out. I made it in. I made it in through the door, in order for me to start the journey of life. I'm a winner from day one. Yep. Every human being on this planet. Like, I heard somebody said, I forgot who. I was like, whoa, he's right. Like, really? Like, you break it down by a lot. From the beginning, we were winners, bruh.
1: Yep. yep.
2: Like, literally, yeah. from the For beginning. Sure. Think yep. of salmon, you know, salmon uh, 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 going upstream. Yep. That was us. Yeah. Now many of them dudes get knocked off. A bear come over, scoop his ass up. That's a wrap. Right. Some don't make it. They go back right. down. They talk back down, and that's a wrap. They die. Right? right. The ones that make it upstream, they make it home. They make it their life. They go through the second cycle. You know what they do? Fertilize the water. The next generation come through. Same right. thing with us. We were champions because we're here. Yeah. And I like to. I like to keep telling myself that over and over again. I tell myself that a couple times a week, to be honest. So how can I go wrong? How can I go wrong? I'm a storyteller, right? I'm a storyteller. I write fiction as well. I'm doing nonfiction for the time being, but I'm working on some fiction sober stories. To be honest, right? I am a sober. I, I am a storyteller. I like stories, right? I like stories that historically have have been categorized as those stories that go from tragedy to triumph right From tragedy to triumph you know i love when the protagonist goes through a spiritual awakening i don't care if uh, uh, uh they exemplify it by way of a movie like the matrix a movie like forrest gump a movie like you know the war hearts y'all know who that is all of those are stories from tragedy to triumph I don't care if it's Will Smith in the pursuit of happiness, one of my all time favorites, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. From tragedy to triumph. I don't care where you go. All right, you want to go to the Greek classics? Like, I'm nice with that. We could do that. Egyptology, the Egyptian myths. We could do that. Love myths. I'm a storyteller. Right. tragedy to triumph, from tragedy to triumph. Those are the stories that while we're sitting there in rapture in a movie theater, we go up and down in our seats because the protagonist, who is a representation of you and I, every time we watch a movie, there's a right. portion or a part of that main character that we resonate with. And when we see them go through their ups and downs, we ride the emotion away because their story resonates with us limitless right Right. Ian if I'm correct, and thank you Ian I didn't say it I apologize Freddie was talking thank you for the um for the compliment thank you I appreciate that um as far as when I was sharing thank you for that but like Ian said when you were speaking limitless think about the movie limitless come on bro I don't know if you saw the movie limitless from tragedy to triumph Yeah. I mean that movies from tragedy to triumph is the all time greatest story. Why? Because humanity loves a happy ending. Why? Because internally we are all optimistic. That's just me. Internally all optimistic, but we get socialized. (laughs) (laughs) We get socialized to think ourselves out the box. You're right. We get socialized to become our own fucking enemy. Excuse my language. I don't like cursing much yeah. on camera. I do a hell of
1: a lot of it when I'm not, though. But <laughs> no doubt, they're like, never in a lo- loser's locker room as long as they're in the winners. You know, you're right. They're never. You know, you make a lot of good points. Pursuit of Happiness. That Miami Vice is my favorite too. But my favorite. You know, it's funny. My favorite movies are Secret of My Success with Michael J. Fox. Mm, um, I ain't see Pursuit. That, of- Oh uh, yeah, make sure you watch that. You like you like *Tragedy Tribe*. You definitely watch that. Secret of My Success* with Michael J. Fox. Um, yeah, that's definitely a mic drop. Yeah, absolutely mic drop. Uh, uh, um, uh, *Pursuit of Happiness*. Yeah, and my favorite part. There's there's three parts in that movie. Is my favorite part. First part when she says, because I grew up in a single parent home where my mom dropped me off at daycare at five thirty in the morning, so I know what it was like when he was like when he had called her about picking up her daycare and she came out, she's like, I'm not happy. He was like, well, go get happy then. I thought that was the, like the realest part that, and then, and then the part where he slept in the bathroom and then the part where at the end, I cry every time I watch, like I get so Mitchell, mad when I, Mitchell, I'm, and, glad, I'm glad when you like, said that as a man. Oh, <laughs> I, oh yeah. I <laughs> that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, shit, look, I cry more than my wife. So that is what that is. Um, and I always tell people we got tear ducts for a reason. Um, right. So, I, when he tells her about, when they're picking that kid up from daycare, I've been in that. Like, that's real. Mm. Like, when he has to make dinner after daycare, and it's him eat or the kid eat, mm. I, I've seen that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, Pursuit of Happiness is way underrated. That, I like, and then Bad Movies, I like, um, I like I'm like. i a Training Day fan, and I like Miami Vice. All right. My yeah. favorite
2: scene my favorite scene in, in Pursuit of Happiness is when he told Little Man when, when, when they were there, you know, at the park and whatnot, at the basketball uh, uh, park, and they, you know, were standing yeah. there talking when they were looking at the guys playing ball. And he said, Don't never let nobody tell you you can't be something. Not even, huh. Huh. you. Huh. Never let nobody tell you what you cannot be. Not even me.
1: And he said, You got a dream, go get it. You got to. What yeah, are we here? That, for? Yeah, right? what are we, yeah, like seriously, what are we here for? You know, for 32 years, I was
2: here to smoke crap. Yeah, that ain't me too. No more, bro. That ain't my story no more. For the rest of my life, I am here to deliver a message. <laughs> you got hope dealers out there. You got people that say hashtag hope dealer. You know, yeah. I'm the message of hope. I'm not. Right. I'm not. My message is a message of power. Yeah. My message is a message of power because my message is, is exemplified by tens of millions of recovering addicts and those in sobriety around the world, bro. So it ain't about hope. It ain't yeah. about hope. It ain't about, you know, if you try the 12 steps, if you, if you really, <laughs> we hope, you know, there'll be an awakening. We hope now, bro. This power is real. Yeah. Crackhead that? Jeff is now author Jeff. All right. Whatever you called yourself Freddie is now every other title that you got, Freddie. Yeah. Whatever you used to call yourself Brett, you're no longer him. It's every title you got now. Why? It's power and yeah. sobriety, man. It ain't, I don't sell hope. I ain't trying to sell no hope. I ain't trying to push no hope. I ain't with the hope. This is real.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah. This is real. You got people changing lives, their own, and then other people. Just like Jimmy K did for me with NA, just like Bill W did for me with AA. I don't know them men. I don't owe them. I don't know them men, but I owe them a whole bunch of gratitude and a whole bunch of respect. So for the rest of my life, what they did, I'm just tagging on, bro. I'm just tagging on. This is a big arena, bro. I used to. I used to love watching WWF and seeing them go up to the ropes and tag their homie in. Yeah, Bret, the Hitman Hart was my favorite. I was a Bret man. That's all we doing. We just tagging each other into the yeah. That's it. I
1: mean, yeah, we're literally out here, life and death on our tongue.
0: That's it. Good stuff, guys. Hey, people that are watching live, do you guys have any other questions for either Freddie or Jeff or all three of us? Uh, If you do, put them in the comments and uh, and we'll answer those for you guys. I love this. You know, I love this,
2: Brett. I chop yeah, it up. Yeah, I'm to listen. You know, I, nothing, I ain't got nothing better to do but homework or help. Got a project. Got a project that mm. I'm working on, and 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 it's specifically, specifically dealing with men in recovery.
1: Mm. Yes.
2: Yes. Specifically dealing with
1: men in recovery that are in relationships. Ooh. She just said she's meeting. Jr. Bro. said he's meeting Lex Luger tomorrow night church dinner. How blessed are you? That's, that's so crazy. crazy. That's crazy. Tell him I'm no, a fan. That's crazy. <laughs> meeting Lex Luger. Give me a picture, Jr. Please. You know I'm how much sorry. money? You know how much money I spent on uh, spent on watching Lex Luger on pay per view. Excuse me. Church dinner. That's awesome. We got any
2: questions, family? We got any questions? I got an article to finish up to be honest. Any questions? Any questions? Any questions?
1: Now, how are we gonna link up, Freddie? Um, so Wait, the first, thing, the first thing is I'm gonna uh work. How do I can I text here? Let me here's what we I'm gonna got do. A
2: private, we got a private chat right here, right? Only me, you and Brett can see that, right? Right? Uh, right, Brett?
1: Private yeah, chat. Correct. All right, Brett. All right. All
2: right, hit on right, here. All right, let me send this too. Yeah, I, Yeah, got you. I'm on that. I, we ain't uh, gotta talk
0: about that. All right, we got one question that just came in from Bradley Higgins. He asks, "What is the best advice you can give a new recovering addict?"
1: All right. So first thing I'm gonna say is, um, I learned this. I can get more cars. I can get more houses. I can make more money. I can get more titles. I can get degrees. There's one thing I can't get back, time. I wasted 20 to, well, almost 30 years of time messing my life up. You've been given a second chance. Don't waste time. Every day when you wake up should be about getting at this, period. Mm,
0: Good stuff. Good stuff.
1: I appreciate hearing that
2: 100%. What I like to say to that is, and that's a great question, honestly. That's that's an absolutely great question. What I like to say is that um, it's a day-by-day day journey at first. It's a day-by-day day journey five years down the line. And it's also a day-by-day day journey 20 years down the line. Yeah, facts. It is an everyday journey. For me, when I was smoking crack, you know, when I was, you know, getting high out loud, using out loud. It was a day-by-day thing for me, right? Don't get me wrong. Even with all this paraphernalia I probably had the next morning to wake up to something. It was still a day-by-day thing because I wasn't no Tony Montana and that sitting <laughs> on You know what I mean? <laughs> Every day I had to go out there and put the work in to get high. Now that I'm sober, what I learned during this first year is that up until this point, I had to do the same thing, I had to do the same thing, but I wasn't using myself to get high, right? I was using and still am using myself to level up. It's a day-by-day thing, you know? It's a day-by-day thing. We get to know ourselves, the real us. Who is Jeff? Who is Jeff? My family calls me Tony, to be honest, right? Well, who's, who's, who's Tony? That's me. You know, those are my inner circle. That's what they call Who's Tony? I get to know Tony. Me. I get to know me, the real me. Because as each day goes by, that's what I'm working toward. I'm not distracted anymore by people, places, and things. I'm, like, really focusing on what what, what led me here. Right. What led me to, to, to the point of active use. Okay? And how can I avoid that? Right? How can I avoid that for the rest of my life? But on a day-by-day basis. Mm-hmm. So that's
1: that's my advice. Good stuff. And, and damn good advice it is. Bless you.
0: Mm. And I'd, 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 I would add on to that, for me, in the beginning, I had a lot of free time. I had a lot of free time on my hands. Mm-hmm. And so one of the, one of the things that I would advise someone, especially that's new in recovery is like finding those positive things to fill your time with. Because I know for me, when I'm bored, when I don't have anything good to do, that's when my, my mind starts to run I start plotting, I start scheming, I start coming up with stuff that I shouldn't, I shouldn't be doing. Um, so I would say like do some positive stuff, you know, for me in the beginning it was going to meetings regularly It was reading, not just, not just recovery literature. Like I hadn't read a book in years. Like I started reading again. I started riding my bike, doing some exercise, like get those endorphins going, pop my headphones in, listen to some music, ride my bike. Like just finding positive things to fill my time. Instead of just sitting around and thinking about, Like, like, like other people have already mentioned, like thinking about the things I've lost, thinking about like, how am I going to get a car again? Like, how am I going to fix this relationship? Like getting like thinking about all these things that are too far out in the future that I can't control and just finding something positive that i can do you know and I, f- I feel like people talk about that all the time like you know i got to find something to, to fill that spirituality i got to find something physical as far as like doing some exercise something positive like i have to find i have to get those pieces and put those together so that's those are kind of some of the things that come to mind for me when i when i think of that
1: thank you for sharing because it's damn true and it's damn real mm-hmm.
0: We got another question from Heather. She says, 4-1-2020 in AA. I feel like the only crackhead recovering. This is truth. Appreciate the honesty. Are you all in NA?" So
2: yeah, I
1: mean,
2: yeah,
1: yeah.
0: On, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I. So when people ask me
1: like what program I'm in, and it's simple for me. Mm-hmm. I'm in any program that's positive, spiritual. and gonna keep me healthy. <laughs> like I, I don't, you know. Like, I didn't use one drug, so I don't recover with one thing. I like that.
2: I like that. I like that. I'm right there with you, to be honest, you know, 100%. You know, because my my drug of choice was crack cocaine. But the first meeting I ever went to was AA. And I had to go to AA because I was, I was mandated on parole, you know, because I had a drunk beef. So for two years, I went to AA, you know, didn't help at the time. I didn't let it help me. Right. But, um, you know, like, like today, um, I surround myself and I'm just being honest. I like, and when I say surround myself, I mean, like literally if I'm in my house, I am always around some kind of, of, um, of, of content that's keeping me focused. You know what I mean? Right some kind of content that's, that's keeping me focused. That's just for me. You know, um, I love this, man. Like you don't, you don't even understand. Like I love this when we can come together. What do they say? When, when two or more addicts, right. When two or two or more addicts come together, you know, it's It's a meeting. You know, I don't know if that's AA or NA, you know, but I started off first two years. I had to for parole, even though I violated with AA. And then, you know, I found out about NA. I'm like, wow, you know. Um, But but today, to be quite honest, I and I don't mean to say this the wrong way. I don't limit myself. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't I don't limit myself to resources. I just I just don't. To me, it just doesn't make sense. It's just too much information out there that's gonna help me become a better me. For me to say, "Ooh, I don't rock with the big book," you know. I read, I read, I read the big book, but I don't read NA. You know, I only read the big book, and 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 I read NA book. I read the the AA book, but I don't read you know no literature outside that. You know, I don't. You yeah. know, if anybody, you know, a book and you know, or heard about you know, Simon Chappelle got a nice book out. He's sober author, yeah. right? Oh, no, it's not N.A. He wrote his own book, so I'm not doing that. Oh, he got a YouTube channel, but that ain't N.A. and I'm not, that don't make sense to me. Oh, he talking yeah. about it. But it ain't A.A. and N.A. He ain't talking directly from the book and he ain't talking direct. And, and you have people that they walk their journey like that and God bless them. You know what I mean? Right. For me, it, it don't make sense. I'm always yeah. surrounded by resources that's going to help me become a better person. So I don't limit myself. So I don't Live by one program I don't me just
1: either. Just through AA or And and, and, and let me I want to add this to that As a person, it's so true But as a person that grew up In the rooms My first meeting was third grade I'm going to be 39 this year So I I I couldn't be more AA or NA Like I couldn't be Half my bloodstream is it. Mm. The one thing I've learned is the people that I see that truly change, that truly have healthy spiritual lives. They don't get caught up in the politics. Yeah. 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 They, they, they get caught up in the change spiritually. Yeah. When you talk to them, you can see it, and I think sometimes we confuse. You don't come in here. I, I, let me let me tell this. So I had nine months sober, right? And I call my mom. I said, "Mom, you should see my four step. It's beautiful. Uh, you know, I'm in meetings, tell people how to write the four step." Blah, blah. She said, "Freddie, don't you ever call me to tell me about the steps you're writing. Tell me about the steps you're living. Mm. If I want to know how good your recovery is, I'll call Kim and ask her." You didn't come in this to be cool. You came in here to change your soul. Why are you trying to be accepted by other people instead of trying to do right by God? You've Mm. confused this, brother. Mm. And see, when I heard that, it it changed my psyche about why I'm in this program. It's not Mm. about how many sponsors I have. It's not about how many home groups I have. It's not about how much commitments I'm doing. None of that. No, that's not what's getting me in heaven. What I'm supposed to be doing is changing and helping the next newcomer show them how to change as well. I had to learn that.
0: Mm. Mm. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. I, I would say, yeah, I'll, I'll chime in on this one, too, a little bit. Um, you know, I feel like my journey was a little bit different from the journey that you guys have been describing Um You know, I went to AA in the beginning and I couldn't relate to the people sharing about alcohol because I didn't feel like that was my main struggle. And I think part of that, too, was just coming in because I, you know, I just gotten off of drugs like I wasn't in that place where I was really open minded. I wasn't in that place where I was like willing to. I didn't have a lot of acceptance. I hadn't learned any of these spiritual principles that we learn in our recovery programs. So I wasn't at that place where I could where I could go into an AA meeting and like take something from it, I was there like comparing like, Oh, what I did was so much worse than what these people do and like trying to compare myself. So I wasn't in a, in a place where for me in the beginning where I could do that. So I kind of understand her question where she's saying like, she feels like the only crackhead that's that like, for me, that's part of the reason that I then like moved to NA meetings and I still do majority of my recovery is, is through NA, but like through the pandemic, I've connected with some guys here in the area that also do smart recovery. And I've done some recovery Dharma meetings and like, there's all these different fellowships. And now that I have a little bit of time and I've learned some spiritual principles and like, I can see things with a, with a more clearly, I have an open mind. I can be, I can, I can like take things from other programs. I can, I can I can see what it's about, you know. In the beginning it was all like I'm not that like you know, I don't know exactly how to say it, but like in the beginning I couldn't do that and like today with almost seven years, like I can I can Pick things from other programs and I can get a message from other programs. Like it doesn't matter what it is. You know, I I could go to like a gambler's anonymous meeting and I could get something out of that. I can listen to a, to a church service that has nothing to do with recovery and I can get something out of that. I can go meditate with some Buddhist folks and I could get something out of that. Like today I can, I can gain, I can, I can learn from other spiritual avenues. I can pick those Pick those things up from other places so i i totally relate to the question and you know i i struggled with that in the beginning but i can say like for me today like i can i can grow in any place where where people are, are trying to better themselves
2: yeah definitely appreciate hearing that um while you were speaking i was i was thinking about you know freddie saying that what you getting ready
1: to you getting ready to get your um your masters freddie uh, yeah, I'll I graduate in uh, by God's grace. I'll graduate in uh, May, and then I'm I'm taking grad courses now in a accelerated program. I'll start my master's in fall. Mm. Appreciate
2: hearing that. So yeah. you know, as as Brett was speaking, I was thinking about you, and you know, you know, while you in college, you take matriculated courses. Right. You know what I mean? You're going for an overall degree. However, there's going to be different subject matters. Right. That are extremely important, or what they call core competencies, when you're in college. That they're saying that if you're gonna get this degree, this this degree over here, you must have these courses over here. Yep. Right? Then we got some secondary courses we're gonna throw at you to round Right. education up. And guess what? We even gonna let you, you know, pick a couple yourself. We call those electives. Right. You know what I mean? But you go through the process. Of touching, if you will, different subject matters of education, so that you can have an overall degree. They believe right. that you know going through this course load, okay, for this amount of time and this amount of education and these particular subject matters. We believe at the end of your journey, we will, uh, 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 um, we will bless you. With a piece of paper to say that you have reached a particular level of education. Right. Your job. Same right. thing with recovery.
1: Right. Same thing. Yeah,
2: yeah. facts. Grab a little bit. The overall subject matter is sobriety, it's recovery, right? But I'm going to grab a little bit from NA over here for this subject matter. I'm going to grab a little bit from AA over here for this subject matter. And I ain't going to front had a problem masturbating. I'm gonna grab a little something from Sexaholics Anonymous. Right, right. You want to say, so I can round, have a, a, a well-rounded education of what I need to be doing to become right. a better version of myself. Absolutely. I need fact. to grab a little, you know what I mean? I need to grab a little bit from smart recovery over there. Like those right, terminologies, right. Mm, right. like right. that, you know, I need to grab this And and, but see, the thing about it is to be quite honest, Just like you going for your masters, right? right? You had to get the associates, the bachelors, then the masters. I don't think that those who are in early recovery are seasoned enough to be able to cherry pick information out there to make it a whole recovery program for themselves. Yeah. if you're new, you you' what I'm saying it's totally. you got to start somewhere right <laughs> you got to right. start somewhere you have to uh, uh, accelerate in growth with right. your growth in that area till you get to the point where you can sit back and 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 you can have electives
1: in yeah. absolutely it's a, yeah it's like a broken leg right it has to yeah. heal. Right, so like, yeah, I totally agree. I, I, you know, my daughter's getting sober, and I had to learn that with her. That like, I wanted her to be at this level and this, and then I had to realize that um, her journey's her journey. And then on top of that, like, it takes time to learn what your program is. I totally agree with that. I, I, I couldn't say that better. That's why I always say, I don't want us all recovering the same. I think that's crazy. Like, I think it's critical that we all have a diverse table where he recovered like this, she recovered like because if we all recover the same, it's boring. It's, it's impossible dog. to be honest. But mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, it is. Like, come <laughs> you on, know, man. We need different perspectives. Yeah. We need different perspectives. So yeah, I totally agree with you.
0: Mm. We got a we got a question that just came in from Sarah, and she oh. said, What are your thoughts on 420 and sobriety? Take all it away, Freddy.
1: Right. So- yeah, let me get this. All right, so, okay, four twenty is the weed holiday, right? Just so was, I make sure I understand. I just okay,
2: talking yeah. about weed itself. Just okay. All
1: right, let me. So let me. All right. Okay. All right. So, I if you would ask me this question ten years ago, I'd be like, "If you smoke weed, you're you're a chain to the rooms and you're a lot. Okay. It's funny what education does to you. Mm. So, my job allows me to be directly dealing with the youth. And here's what I can tell you. There are schools in California right now that they're allowing children at six, seven years old to pick what gender they are. Okay. I'm saying that to say this, there is a major gap of communication between our elders and our youth, in my opinion, for what my life has shown me. It used to be That when you walked into any room of recovery or fellowship, it was about complete abstinence. But here's what has happened. I'm not saying I agree. I'm just telling you the reality of what life we're dealing with is right now. We have children. My mom told me the reason she stopped working in treatment. And I've heard this from people that work in treatment right now. It is absolutely damn near normal for a 12-year-old to be admitted into treatment for shooting heroin in their neck. It is now normal for a kid to be 14, 15 years old to be on Suboxone. It is normal for somebody to be in the rooms and say, hi, my name is whatever. I am a they or them. I go to pro- by the pronouns they or them, and I'm on Suboxone, and I smoke weed. We have, what I've learned is the rooms have to, in my opinion, you get whatever's going on in society. And in society right now, and I didn't been uh, I didn't travel around this country by God's grace, and I didn't dealt with the youth. I talked to them. And what I'm telling people is things have changed. It is not the same that it used to be. It is not go to these go in these high schools and you look and you tell me you'll see neutral bathrooms. Kids nowadays, they have cell phones at 10, right? Like the world is different. It's not what it used to be. So my opinion is, if you get sober and your life is better and and, and, and and you are enhancing your family and you are living your fullest life and you're helping humanity and you're doing the right things, if you smoke weed and do that, who am I to tell you you're wrong? Because the bottom line is, last time I checked, my closet is full of all kinds of bad shit. <laughs> I have done, done all types of stuff that I ain't have no business doing. So who am I to tell you what your life is? Cause your way to heaven ain't through me. So my whole thing is, when I, can I do it? No, I cannot smoke weed. It has been proven in my walk of life that I would have dug in a dumpster to find a blunt. So when they say marijuana is not addictive, maybe it ain't addictive for somebody else, but I know for the brain that I have, I would have dug in a dumpster searching for weed. That's how bad I got. Now, my point is there are some people that smoke crack for 30 years and they can have a beer and their life is better. But I'm going to tell you what I can't do. None of what I just said. I can't smoke and I can't drink. I damn near can't even eat ice cream controllably. So for me, it's not acceptable. And in my opinion, in my opinion, the people that I see that are the happiest and the healthiest. I'm talking about truly happy, truly spiritual. They don't do nothing. They don't, they don't do nothing. So I would say for me that I can't do it, but because I can't do it, there's 9 billion people on this planet. who have, I, I, I have no idea what somebody else's brain can do and be successful with. I won't preach it, I don't agree with it. I won't go in front of kids and say, you know, if you got to smoke, we cool. I would never say that because I know what I'm dealing with. But for 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 somebody else to say that they do that. OK, last time I checked, it ain't my damn business. What you eat don't make me go to the bathroom. So that's where I'm at with it. I just know the youth that we're dealing with. And I just know that our youth is in such trouble and they don't know how to do and they don't know how to deal that I think it's criminal for anybody to be saying what should and shouldn't be. Because the bottom line is we're losing an epidemic where children are dying daily. So until we find a cure, until we get past this heroin epidemic, people can miss me with the weed. Once we figure out how to stop kids from dying, then let's have that conversation. But here's the last thing, and I'll be done. You can't recover if you die. So Mm. I would much rather I would much rather deal with a kid sober smoking weed than I would him dying and leaving the rooms because he wasn't accepted. So he went out and shot a bag of dope. I'd much deal with rather deal with he smoking weed. I'd much rather deal with that because you can't recover if you die. Mm. Simple. Wow! Awesome question. Awesome answer. Awesome answer for sure. And that's my life experience. That's just my life experience.
0: Yeah, and Lori chimed in here in the comments, and it sounds like she's kind of had a similar experience. She said, when I first came in the rooms, I had a lady hatefully tell me because I was on psych meds. I'm not sober. I was so broken at that point that that comment damn near chased me away. Words have power.
1: Yeah, let let me say something on this, too, real quick. Uh, Lord have mercy. Um, So everybody listening, please hear me out on this. Please, please, please. My mom had 27 years of sobriety and she's probably been in 20 psych units because she refused to deal with her mental health. She has said to me out loud and in her mind that she allowed other people to diagnose her. Hear me and hear me well on this. Mental illness is a brain chemical imbalance. It, it's that simple. There are people that they have institutions. There are institutions. Mental that are, illness is a brain disease. There's, there, there, there are literally billion dollar empires, colleges, where people go to study the brain. They've been studying the brain since the early 1900s. All right. Do your research on mental illness. There are people that work at the top institutions and countries in this world. There are people that study this for a living, that work in labs with brains. Those are the people And psych doctors and medical physicians that should be telling you whether or not you have a mental health disorder. So when I take on a mentee or when I take on a sponsee and they tell me they don't have mental health issues, I say, go get checked anyway. Because the reality of it is, who am I to tell you what your mental health is? I have no education in this. I have no degree in this. I have no data in this. And and I don't believe that everything has to have education in order to speak on it. But I do believe some things you need to have prior knowledge. It is it is criminal to be telling people, well, in my experience, I've seen once you stop using drugs and alcohol, all those symptoms go away. Well, you know who I allow to make that decision? the woman that graduated from Penn university that's been seeing patients for 30 years, that's been dealing with people that are in recovery that understands mental illness. And you know what I learned when I take my medication, guess what? My life is damn good. When I don't take my medication, you know what happens? I got problems. Do not be fooled. I see so many people struggle because they refuse to get their mental health checked out. And by the way, if you see one doctor and it doesn't go right, guess what? We live in a democracy. You're allowed to find another doctor. You're allowed to talk to another psych doctor. We don't live in a dictatorship. We're allowed to seek second opinions. If you went to the dope house and the heroin was bad, guess what you did? You went to the other dope house. So so, so, So why not do the same thing with psych meds? I don't understand why we're confusing this. You don't think you think about this. If you wake up and drink a fifth of liquor by noon, if you wake up and shoot 10 bags of dope, if you wake up and smoke five, eight balls of crack, don't you think that probably mentally something ain't right? More than likely, we probably have a mental health disorder. And that's okay. People shoot um, insulin every day. People take allergy meds every day. It doesn't make you a sad case of life because you need psych meds. It makes you smart for understanding your health. Simple,
2: thank you, brother. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. That's what this whole thing is about, y'all. Empowering ourselves, you know, and then also <laughs> establishing a conversation in one form or another so that we can share ideas, sharpen each other, you know. Facts, that's what I'm about. I ain't about just standing out there. So, I mean, when, when, you know when, when it calls for that, you know what I'm saying? To, to, for me to be talking, but honestly, I like conversations. I, I never walk into the room thinking I'm the smartest. I always assume I'm the dumbest person. Cause I like mm. to lean into mm. other people's wisdom. That's just how I am. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? You know, and by us having this conversation, not just this, but the ongoing, uh, 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 the perpetual conversation throughout the world of what recovery is, what it used to be, what it could be. You know what I mean? That's right. going to be an ongoing conversation because we're going to be living, right? Yep. We're going to be living. We're going to be dealing with addiction. We're going to be dealing with recovery. We're going to be dealing with people who are constantly changing. That's what yep. we do. So constantly changing, you know, the uh, 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 social activities that we engage in, they, they change as well. So it's, yes. If we got smart recovery and we got this and we got that and we got, some, like I'm still, like I said, I only have a year and change under my belt. So I am like soaking up so much information. You know what I mean? Um, But we need to continuously have these conversations Uh, for me. I like to hear when other people speak so that I can find out how stupid I am. Yeah, that might sound crazy. It sounds backwards to some people, but really not. You know, um, I like to lean into other people's wisdom. I have learned that throughout my life, bro. Um, I am still alive today because of the fact that I am very observant. I'm from the streets for real. I would have, um, you know, I wouldn't be here, uh, uh, honestly, if I was not observant. I wouldn't be here if I was not the kind of person who steps into the room and I'm looking to learn. I'm looking to take something away, you know. Seriously, and and that's wisdom all the time. I've always been like that. Hey, ma, that's my mom.
1: It's very well. Oh, bless you, you bless you, love bless you. Hello, you love created, you, you created a a generational change agent. <laughs>
2: that's my mom. Um, yeah, but we must continuously. And I'm again, and my girl ain't here. So um, we we. We just have to realize that like, we are, I really, really, really like the analogy because I have a pre-op transgender daughter, right? Meaning she was born a he, and she has not had surgery, but she identifies as she, although she used to be he, right? Right. And it's so funny. Now, my mom is on here. She know my mom struggled with calling my daughter by the proper pronoun for a while. But she got it down pat. She got it down now. We change. So if if we change as human beings because we are constantly learning. So as we learn, we we adapt. Right. We adapt because I learned this now. Okay. now I use this and it's changed me. As soon as you learn something, you have changed. Immediately, because it's new. Okay. The change sticks. Love you too, Ma. The change sticks when a catalyst occurs, right? When that has really been a catalyst, that has really been something that occurred in your life that made you change. And now you are whole. Now you are on a different track, right? Learning something that's, you know, okay, now what am I going to do with it? And what I think is happening in the overall community from what. Little bit that I'm learning is that the international community is 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 it, it is starting to get it. It is starting to get it because if years go by and as, as the years, all right, Laurie. Yeah, bless I, you, bless you, Laurie. That is wonderful. I think, bless I, think I think I think that's um that's the sister from St. Louis, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's Laurie. All right. all right. We moving out there next year, Laurie. You never know. Might be all able right. to go to a meeting together, but like. If we're constantly becoming better versions of who we are as a species, let's break that down and look at ourselves, you know, from, from different groups, you know, overall, we're getting better. Okay. With this particular group, we're learning something. So you need to implement what you're learning. If people identify themselves as different pronouns other than what they were biologically born as, or what they call cis, like I'm born a boy, right? So I'm called right. a cis boy, right? right? That's what they call it. So you get to learn these terminologies and and, and and the world levels up. So it's the same thing with recovery as far as I'm concerned because we're individuals. Absolutely. We're Absolutely. the ones who make up the change individually. So yeah. as far as the international conversation of recovery is concerned, it's always supposed to be evolving.
1: Absolutely. Evolving. And, and, and what are we going to... And, and I was thinking about this. So... The kids that I see, 12, 15, 13, they're gonna come into the rooms or whatever, and they're gonna be clean, let's say 10 years, and they're gonna be like, My name is you know, Frida, and I identify as they or them. And um, you know, uh, I'm on Suboxone, and uh, I smoke weed, but I've been sober now 10 years. We got we are not gonna accept them. Like what like you get a blue chip? <laughs> like, like, like and, and, and here's the deal. We don't have a choice because then it gets cultish, right? Mm-hmm. Like then it changes. So I, I I would say too, like we have to remind ourselves that the only requirement for membership is the desire to stop. And what that means for everybody is different. It's different. So we got to be careful because I'm, t- I, I'm, I was stubborn and ignorant until God gave me a job to deal with the youth. It made me get with the times quickly. Thank you for that. Thank you for that, bro. Thank you for that. Mm. Yeah. Our our future generations. I love them. Um. But we've been we're in cleanup duty.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying
1: don't confuse it. My mom don't like when I say that, but you know she'll get over it. Carter sponsored. We're in cleanup duty.
2: Yeah. It's not a game because there's a lot of minds mm-hmm. and
1: souls that are still dirty. You ain't lying. And and last time I checked, it's money. The disparity has gotten bigger. The health and wealth disparity in the world has gotten bigger. And the way they keep it that way is they keep knowledge and they hoard information. It has nothing to do with them being more intelligent. They hoard information. That's it.
2: They've been doing it for years. I mean, you know, the powers that be, as you know, knowledge is power. You know, and I forgot who said it. One of the sisters said it. Maybe it was Lori, Heather, but she said
1: words of power. Absolutely. I People die over words it. every day. People die with words every day.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to see. Let me. You know,
1: I don't think it, it was Laurie. I think it was Laurie. Yeah, it was
2: Laurie. I I see it over there. It was Laurie. You know, I'm. I mean, hmm.
1: Yeah. I, I, I can't go back. Right. I can't yeah, go back, bro. bro. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, if I mean, I mean, if yeah, I mean, if I relapse, I just got to move to Nigeria. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, because. I mean, yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's I just not, it, and
2: and that's that's the thing, and, and 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 it seemed like you was getting ready to segue. So yeah. So let me know, you know, if you you need to bounce. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm good. Okay. Um, hmm. When you get sober, things don't taste the same, man. No, facts. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you know it don't taste the same you know um my whole trap phone had to get thrown out that don't that yeah. Don't, yeah. it don't it don't taste the same why yeah. am i going in there let me take <laughs> off the old pictures i right. and my babies and you know all that and family and it, but it don't, it don't it don't taste the same holding this this phone in my hand it, it just ain't got the the same appeal to me neighborhoods it just it don't taste the same i can't go on memorial drive the whole Memorial Drive from Stone Mountain all the way to downtown. I just can't. It don't taste the same. It just don't. That whole experience, it just it's not the same. That's when you yeah. know the change has come. You, it, it's just its not the same. Little ratchet ass young girls always arguing yeah. with me, yeah, right. begging me for something, right. questioning me. I don't have relationships like that. It just, it don't yeah. taste the same, bro. I don't like messy no more. I used to love messy, bro. I loved it. I love drama. You know what I mean? In me too. I don't do that no more. It don't taste the same.
1: It don't just don't,
2: me, You it, know, and it's
1: not really supposed to, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, my first, real quick, my first uh, year of sobriety. Uh, uh I, I went to a strip club, right? And I walked in there. And I remember the feeling like, oh yeah, it's over. I don't do this no more. yeah, I mean mm-hmm. like it's it just wasn't there. I mean beautiful too. they weren't ugly mm-hmm. it just it wasn't. you ever watched the wire and the of one, okay, and the one scene where he was like, it ain't in me no more." And he said, "What are you going to do?" He said, "I don't know." Can't be this. be this no more. Yeah. Wow. That's classic. No question I remember that. No it, question. It, it ain't in me no more. Yeah. That's what happens, man. We're all humans, not. Nah. But yeah, I got to roll. I'd be on here all night, but I do got homework and I have a life. God has blessed me with a life and this life is a blessing. And this right. been on here tonight was, I, I just can't thank y'all enough for allowing me to be on here. Like I'm truly grateful.
0: Thank you for coming on here. Before you run, Freddie, I'd love to give you the opportunity just to uh, like shout out where people can find you, your website. Uh, okay.
1: Um, yeah. So you can find me on the You, That's my website. Also, I'm on Twitter Instagram. It's at the message LLC. It's all one word, it's real simple. Um, yeah, get at me. Um, you know, I have a uh, YouTube channel too, but I don't really work on a near nowhere near enough as I need to, but I do got videos and speaking engagements, stuff I've done on there. But yeah, get at me. It's the message, um the message.com, message com, and Twitter and Instagram. Holla at me, man. I'm a um I, it's simple for me. I'm family, I'm recovery, and I'm a football guy, and I'm a diehard Packer fan. So Packers. Yeah, because I've been in recovery for like 20 years, so that's how that started. Yeah, I've been a Packer friend my whole life. Yeah. So, you know, you can catch me Twitter's Twitter. all shows my stuff. I'm just – I'm out of my business and thankful, man.
0: Right. right on. Jeff, you want to shout out your stuff as well? No. No. I appreciate okay. it. I just
2: – if it's me, you know what I mean? Yeah. If it's me, then cool. But if 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 you know we riding with somebody else, is is they not you know, I just I'm good. I appreciate it though. Right on that's man. just out of respect. You know what I mean? That's why I took my books down and took the cover down. Bless you, made. man. Bless, oh, you. Bro, I keep Bless you, the money. you. Yeah, I appreciate you. That's why you. I put
1: that there. Brett, no, my book be right there with the globe. Yeah. Is. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Ain't about right.
2: me. Come on, knock it off.
1: But I appreciate it.
2: Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. and and, and
1: uh, I want to shout out Brett too. I, I think. Honestly, man, I watch you grind. I watched you grind. I, I just having a business, I know what it takes. I mean, you got one too. You know how hard this is. They ain't giving you nothing. Um, oh. they don't teach they don't teach us to have a business, they teach us to work for somebody else. Exactly. So I just really respect your grind and hustle and congratulations, be on a new dad. Your child is lucky to have you as a dad. You're 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 a damn good person, so bless you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. It means a lot. All right, you all right. Brett know I got love for him.
2: Yeah, that's my homie, man. Brett, we did um I did an episode with bro. I don't know which one
0: it is off okay. top, but yeah, I did an episode with Brett on his on his podcast. That was fun. I had I had Freddie on Freddie was my very first episode. As a no player. way, I've got it. I gotta
2: double back. That's and, then, then, do and then
0: and then he messages me, he's like, I can do it better. So I took that one down, and then I think, <laughs> yeah, I think you ended up like episode three or four, yeah, so like way back there if you scroll. Yes. we, like we, we did it two out. episodes together and he, yeah. he killed it, man.
1: I'm sure he did. Come on now.
0: You know, sure God's been
1: good, man. It ain't, you know, I'm going this Friday. I'm flying out. We're going to see our daughter. She's in a halfway house. She'll have a year in February. We're taking her to um, Tiger Woods Restaurant for her birthday Saturday. Okay. That's just, we're going to Jupiter, Florida to see her. We're going to be down there for a whole yeah. week. I mean, that ain't nothing but the power of God. Yeah. We're yeah. a sober family. Her mama's sober. I'm sober. She's sober. We are, and she said, We text every every day. We do these five things we're grateful for. And she said, I'm grateful to have sober parents. Mm. And like, when you hear that, you know, it, you know, the stage has been set. Yeah. So I'm expected to produce.
2: Yeah. You know what I'm
1: saying? And I'm thankful for it. You know, God is good. Because I, I remember when I couldn't breathe a silver breath. So love y'all, man. Thank you. We will definitely be in contact. I'll talk. I, I, listen, we'll. We'll talk.
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: Listen, I, I, I truly
2: appreciate the opportunity, Brett. you know, I, I didn't know you was going to pull me in. I appreciate the opportunity, you know, like seriously, man, this energy is, is, I'm carrying this, you know, I'm definitely carrying this. And, and um, I just want to say, thank you. Yeah. Like, honestly, thank you. You know, I, I I appreciate learning who you are, you know, Bless you.
1: Really. Likewise. Pretty likewise. True. At New York, my dad lived in Beverly Thomas for ten years. He now lives in Queens, so it's like, you know, uh, I love hearing the New York, uh, the New York time. I'm a, and I'm a gangster is my favorite rapper. So stop playing. may he rest? Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah man. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. But I'm gonna, let, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna roll out because y'all gotta, we all roll. Right. gotta roll out. Thank you yep. so much again on my stay. God bless everyone. Bless up. Yep. Ah. Peace. I'll be in touch. Love y'all most, man. Yeah. Bless you. Thank you
0: both. Thank you, Brett. Thank you again. I'm sorry. Thank you, Brett. Hey, absolutely, man. Glad you jumped on. Of course. anytime. Of course, as always, that that invitation is open to anybody that wants to jump on and be a part of it. If you want to just jump on for two minutes and ask a question and jump off, that's cool. If you want to hang out the whole time, that's fine, too. So uh, guys, we'll be here again next Monday doing another live uh, another live stream here on the recovery revolution, Facebook page. Uh, if you guys are interested in more content from me, like they mentioned, so uh, I'm so grateful for that, man. Uh, I do have a podcast called recovery survey. If you want to check that out, um, or send a message to the recovery revolution page, I'm on there as well. So, uh, be sure to check that out, share this episode with a friend and, uh, yeah, see you guys. See you guys next week.